Peter. Yep. What do you know about this? Hey, man, we're talking about practicing scales, not having fun. Oh, it's not what you think. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Coming at you back on YouTube. Back on, don't make me nervous. There, there. There, yeah, What's there up? they are. They're like, you know, they're coming in on us. I knew, you know, how I knew we were back on YouTube. Today. How'd you know? You put the hat back. I on. got my YouTube hat. See, I'm just, I'm rolling the same podcast styles. But we do invite uh, our over one million podcast listeners. Well, over one million downloads. That's a big statement <laughs> right there. That's a big over claim. to YouTube. You know, I think a lot of you know that. But we're coming over for selected episodes. Yeah. And we, what we're really trying to do is highlight the overhead, uh, not the overhead, the light up keyboard, the light up Hammer eighty eight V style, flying V Hammer eighty eights. Okay. We're going to go TM. Keytar at some point. We're going Keytar. Not with the Hammer 88s. So no, heavy. they're yeah. heavy AF, yeah. but we'll do it. Uh, so today we're talking about how to practice scales. This yes. sounds terrible. This sounds boring AF. <laughs> but it's not. And you know, scale practice should be a part of every improviser's uh, practice routine because it can be so crucial to uh, being able to understand the theory behind what you're playing, but also just give you some like technical chops to get around all keys, to get around any changes. It's super important. Yes. It's, it's, uh, you know, for every instrument, you know, we, we even went over some additional, maybe we'll do a bonus thing somewhere on a later episode or whatever, just for piano. Well, we actually, we think we've nailed this to ways to practice, uh, that'll work for every instrument. That's right. You know, we've been called experts on trumpet, saxophone, clarinet, but we shy away from that because we don't consider ourselves experts on those instruments. Do we? Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> but scales are good for every instrument. You know, I, I know that you've been talking Tympany? about maybe... Timpani? Well, yeah, actually. Really? Yeah. I know I you've been talking 12... about maybe starting to learn more guitar. Yes. And so I've been like learning more about singing. Yes. And there are certain things about like singing where it's like you never see a single uh, tutorial from a, a vocal coach where they don't talk about lip twirls or lip trills, which are like... Yep. Kind of thing. Yep. Scales are the lip trills for every instrumentalist. Like right. they're, they're just the meat and potatoes of what we have to do. That's right. That's so right. so learn to love them. That doesn't mean that you have to play boring old linear scales all the time. No. And in fact, once you're getting to the point, well, I would say that once you have a certain scale that you can play in all keys that is boring, like you know it so <laughs> yeah. well. I yeah. mean, you know, look, have you mastered it? Who's to say? But you'll start to know once it becomes boring and you're not having to actively think. That's great because that means, you know, if you're like a pianist, the fingerings or a trumpet player, the fingerings are ingrained, the transitions. But you're also listening for some musicality. So don't just be like, well, I know all my scales. That's right. I used to have this thing when I had physical IRL students, you know, in real life. Oh, boy. And, and no, they would come in and I would, the first thing I would always say is, all right, how are you on your scale? Oh, I got all my scales. Say YMMV. Yeah, exactly. Well, the way they were playing these scales were YMMV for Hashtag sure. YMMV, Andrew. Exactly, yeah. with explanation, which is not needed. Everybody knows it. Yeah, of course. But, you know, the point is they everybody was so confident on, um, oh, yeah, I know all my scales. And I was like, oh, wow, this will be great. So I can just kind of quiz you on a couple. We're not going to do the basics since you know them all. Yeah. We're not even going to mess with that. Let's go to, you know... Um, the altered scale. Play, give me that in, in A flat, and then they'll kind of be like, you know. Um, wait, is it? I mean, I know that. I learned that, but I'm just, you know, like, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know them. You don't know. And that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you if you know, know it, yeah. you know, I grab you out of bed in the middle, then I play it. Drop down and give me the altered scale before you even thinking it. This just cat comes loves out. to demand Man. people drop down and give them <laughs> something. Uh, 
well, there are ways that we can lock this in that aren't just running the uh, A flat altered scale in a linear fashion. Yes. And and the ways that we're going to talk about today actually help you understand the notes of the scale in a much deeper way and, and in a way that is not so you know, uh, linear, linearly boring as yes. just running it up and down. And the first way we're going to address this is by using thirds, triads, and seventh chords. These Ooh. are like breaking up the scales in, yes. in basic symmetrical shapes that come in really, really handy. I yes. mean, these are so fundamental that you should be putting these in your practice routine immediately today for how you practice scales. So what I mean by thirds is if you're practicing in C... That's that's playing in thirds, right? That's the C major scale exactly. Because you hear it and then you see it. That seems super fundamental, but have you done that in again, like A flat? Yeah. You know, you start to learn if you're a pianist, you can play these two as double stops. Yes. But then when you get into things like the half whole scale, It becomes super crucial for yeah. understanding the relationships of these thirds and how they work together. And I'm going to throw a little audible in here, if, if you'll allow me here. Yeah. And that is, I'll try to give kind of uh, what you know what we've talked about is creative scale practice, which is really next level once you know these techniques and are comfortable with them. Yeah. And perhaps, I mean, the, you know, like we said, the the point of this is it should never get boring. Right. I mean, it's look, yeah, you're not playing a Beethoven sonata or a Thelonious Monk ballad. Yeah. But it should be challenging. It should be engaging, and you should be doing putting these together in new ways. So once the thirds, the broken thirds, and, and then as you go on and show the triads and sevenths, once you've got that and you're like, well, I can do that too. So think about creative ways. How do you change it up? Yeah, you change the direction. Yeah. Totally. And then you can add complexity. So let's say we want to do triads, or, or you call them broken fifths, but again, this is the half-hole diminished scale. Uh, those can add such... Exactly. I think I messed that up. I know. When I call it broken fist, that is wrong, I guess, because technically broken fist would be like, which is good too, right? That's a good one to practice. Also good. And then once you get into sort of seventh chords, so I'll go back to, let's do like a C minor Dorian thing. Yeah. Then these shapes become, now we're talking about like shapes that are going to be so crucial to your improvising. Yes. Every single one of these, so that when you see a 2-5 in B flat, you know that this like... G minor seven shape is part of it's part of that C Dorian sound or that A half diminished shape. Yes. Those seventh chords are all part of that Dorian sound. And this is really we're getting into the link between that's so crucial to understand on on just a, a technical level, but also getting into concepts of improvisation uh, between arpeggios and scales. Right. Because some of you might be like, ah, you're practicing arpeggios. But what's what's the scale? Right. That's right. And you know, at each different place, but you're getting that kind of connection that's very organic to the way that we actually improvise with single lines. And then when we were talking about thirds, you mentioned you can switch up the directions. And once you get to these four notes, oh, now you got choices. You know, yep. you have so many, like, uh, yep. down, up. I mean, there's just like. Yeah, and if somebody annoying is like, I've, I've mastered all those, every one. I was like, okay, well then change it up every time. Get creative. Right. 
We're trying to trick our brains into yeah. into really mastering all possibilities of these things, and it's it can be eye opening what yep. you don't know. So that was just one key too that we exactly, were just doing. and it's just one scale. So the the kind of top level is is in non symmetrical shapes, in custom shapes. Yeah, like we were talking about this kind of when we were we were introing this, and you were like, "Is this a custom shape?" Well, it kind of is here. Like if I'm in the C Dorian, I'm in this shape. Can I move this up the scale? Ooh. You might you might be you might be pushing a slot machine up that scale there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, this <is> casino there. <laughs> Can I do it going down? These are all technical things that we need to work on, but and then also just coming up with different shapes. I love this shape here. Like one step and then up a fourth and then up a third. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, but just finding shapes that work. It could even just be like Super tough shape, new. yeah. Yeah, but really, you will get to know the scales and the notes available in the scales in a way that is super, super deep. Yeah, I don't do enough of that. I like that. I'll just put a little creative scale practice next level thing for that, and that would be then once you do that, say over the Dorian, yeah, or anything, then do it chromatically because any of these yeah, shapes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, once you, it's always good creatively to get yourself out of one way of thinking when you're thinking modally or um, diatonically, and then you go straight chromatic. Now the next level to all of this, whether it's level three, thirds, triads, seventh chords, or custom shapes, is running this over what we call scale running. Right. Right. And typically we think of scale running like if we're doing again a two five and B flat, maybe we do a Dorian and then a half hole and then a a uh, like a Lydian, right? So we'll start with the Dorian. Half old, and then a Lydian, and switch directions wherever you feel like. That's just the boring linear version of this. So just to clarify, because some people may not um, understand that terminology, it's basically um, playing a scale in a continual linear linear manner up and up or and or down yep. over specific chord changes. Right, exactly, and switching and the this, corresponding scale. Right, switching the scale when the chord change. So if we're doing like autumn leaves and B flat, right. And generally sticking with a static rhythm. I mean, in this case, just you're going straight. Yeah, notes. and you can improvise, you know, changing directions at will. Now, if we start adding things like thirds to this. Ooh, broken thirds. You know, or triads. You know, now we're, we're having to really get our brain together and, and switch those notes. Then custom shapes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if we take this, that one custom shape, or, like, yeah. you know, and then we go to the half hole, like, uh, you know, yeah. Yep. Some really interesting stuff starts to pop out. Yeah. It's super awesome. I like it. I like it. Okay. Our fourth way to practice scale. Level four. <laughs> this Hashtag seems, level four. This seems counterintuitive, but it's really taking whatever scale, even if we do it in, in, in a linear way or in thirds or triads or seven chords or custom shapes, but practicing them super, super slow. Yes. We are always trying to, to push ourselves to, uh, to play faster or, or you know, more powerfully or, or whatever, but if we can practice these things in a very deep and slow way, they're yeah. going to stick a lot faster. That's right. And you can kind of challenge yourself with some of the other technical attrib- attributes, depending on your instrument that you're working on, by slowing things down always. And it's no different for scales. For like sure. that's when you really know, 
like when you're because we're never working on this stuff in a vacuum because there's already like a certain amount of musicality that's taken away so we can because you're not playing a piece you're not improvising it but what you can do is work on several especially at the more advanced level work on several aspects of your technique not only you can you should be at time with a metronome be it you know playing slowly where you're really listening to evenness maybe which you know as pianists dynamics articulation articulations these can all happen at slower tempos so do not like just start pushing your your metronome up and up and up and up like yeah take some time with the slow tempo and the reason we push this a little bit level four is because you know this is not the kind of practice we're talking about like when you have to do everything slow because you're still learning the scales. This is about once you get them and then you're kind of go, starting to go crazy, scale running and all that, and then you're like, let's slow it down and really check our foundational thing. Always a good thing to put into your routine. All right, so we were talking about scale running. I have, this is a bonus. We're all done with the episode, but I have a bonus tip for you, YouTube. So number five bonus. Let's say we're playing impressions. Okay. No, let's say we're playing impressions. Oh. You totally missed it. I say, let's say we're playing impressions, and then you say we're playing impressions. We're playing impressions. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> no, let's, so if we're playing impressions, say we have a custom shape, like the shape that's kind of fourth, right? Yeah. So one thing that uh, Jeffrey Keyser talked about in this Keys to Jazz Piano course is taking these like multiple tonic systems. Uh, like let's say we want to do, uh, we're all over D minor here, but we want to take it outside. You can scale run over one chord, but you're taking it outside, and it's a great way to do it. So take these shapes in major thirds. So I do the first two shapes over D minor, and yeah. then I take it a major third up, F sharp. And then I take that up a major third, B flat. And then I'm back at D. Yeah. Right? These are just simple ways you could practice scales, but also like practice going outside and and the way i typically there's a number of ways that can be done but i think the two examples that always come to mind for me are that one where you're going up major thirds or down yeah and then also diminished because you get the symmetry of moving through and getting back in either three or four you could do the same thing d f minor a flat b minor and the great thing about practicing these is you're getting the technical agility and placement, but you're also getting the specific ideas and getting it into your ears, right. what these sound like. So it doesn't matter if some of them don't work as good. That's actually good because you're learning what they sound like. Totally. There's going to be a time when you can apply it. That's about training your ears at the same time you're training your technique. And check out, that. I mean, that sounds totally, and that sounds super static when we do them this way and some of them don't sound as good. But like, if you can start making music out of them... Right. How do you polish the churn? You know what I mean? Then yeah. all of a sudden we're, we're doing something interesting. Yeah. And remember, you know, we've said this before, but probably not often enough. If you're not practicing things that some of the, some of the things that you're practicing should be sounding wrong and bad yeah, or yeah, not yeah. as good. Yep. Like not everything is supposed to sound great. Otherwise, you're not practicing. Yeah. Like we're trying to learn the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's awesome. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, yeah, this is fun. This was fun. Good to be back, man. The hat's looking good. Got it dry cleaned and everything, you know. Um, Look, YouTube, leave us a comment below 
Um, we've been getting a lot of likes on our videos, and look, we didn't totally figure this out. What, what, what do we decide about this little? Are we going to do that on the next YouTube? Oh, video? our metronome stickers. We yeah. might do a giveaway for our metronome. We might stickers. do a, do, yeah. do a little giveaway. So we you can see it on my computer here, at YouTube. I got yeah. my, my "You'll Hear It" metronome sticker, and you can see it. This Looks is custom. Good. This is limited edition. There's only two right now. But if we get some more, yeah, yeah. you know what? Actually, you know what? We're, we're going to do this. If we get five, I'm, I'm calling audible. If we get 500 likes, it's not that many. Oh, it's not? No, yeah, but let's let's do it. But oh, within a week. Within, okay. within yeah, one, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we want yeah. 500 likes. Um, within a week, we will get some more of these and do a giveaway for these custom. You can't really see, but it says you'll hear it, and it's the metronome, and it's going to go on there, and you're going to love it, and you'll hear it.